This is Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the most listened to podcast for parents by parents. Hey there, everyone, and thank you for listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the podcast talk show for parents. I'm Janice Robinson Celeste, your host and publisher of Successful Black Parenting Magazine. I want you to tell all of your friends and followers about the show. So go to our Facebook page for Successful Black Parenting and share the link with your followers right now. Let people know you are joining us. And even better, you can click the options and start a watch party. That'd be really cool. In addition, you can comment on Facebook and I will post the best comments live on air. And know that it can take a while for your questions to populate in the backstage area for me to see them. So ask all your questions early. Do not wait. All right. So no one last thing is our hashtag for the show. I can hear your audio though for my guests. So I'm going to introduce our guest today because I can you know with the playback from Facebook. But my guest today is the lovely Muffy Mendoza. She is the author. She is the author of the Brown Mama Mindset book, which was featured at the Essence Festival last year. I was there this year. It was really cool. She also gave a TEDx talk on the power of Black mothering. There you go. Power. She leads a community of nearly 5,000 Black mothers in Pittsburgh, helping them to grow in their relationships with their children. So welcome to Back Talk Muffy. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, Janice. And I'm happy to be here. And I'm happy to talk to all the moms out there who are trying their best to raise these kids in this digital age. <laughs> Lord, and isn't it a challenge? It is a challenge. I mean, there's so many we have to learn that they already know. And we're trying to just figure it out. So um, you know, we're getting there. We're going to keep up. I just found out some things about my favorite one was from the teens telling me to check uh, other teens Google documents, just a like Google document. Oh, yeah. They share it and they, they have they use it for messaging. And I was mm-hmm. like, you guys are so slick. I had no so idea. Slick. And they're so <laughs> advanced. And I don't know, it's hard to build a trusting relationship with your teenager these days, because it's like on one hand, you want to trust them because you're like, you know, when they get out into the real world, you're going to have to have a certain amount of trust with them that they can function and, and be able to live out their best life. But on the other hand, it's like, nah, <laughs> I, know what I, was doing. I know what I was doing without Facebook. So I can only imagine what they're doing. I just, I, you know, you have to you have to have um, just unconditional love. But when they're teens that trust, you got to know that anything's possible, yes. you know, because even my good little daughters who I thought were like just, you know, the most brilliant they were. They were brilliant, probably somewhat smarter than me. They still came later on in life and said, you didn't know, but, you know, I did this and I did that. And I was like, I knew it. <laughs> I knew that happened. You know, so I was like, I knew it. And I just, I, you know, I went and checked on it. I didn't see anything, couldn't prove it. So anyway, so you never, you never know, you never know. But yeah. listen, you have a book called The Brown Mama Mindset. I'm going to put this up here so people can see what it looks like. I Let do. me get it. And there, there we go. And I want there you to is. tell, we'll talk a little bit more about it later in the show. But I want you to tell us what is The Brown Mama Mindset. 
So the Brown Mama Mindset is actually a way of thinking about motherhood. The re one of the reasons why I started Brown Mamas in my home city of Pittsburgh was because I knew that the way Black women in particular thought about motherhood was very draining, was very as if this is something that I have to do to get from point A to get this kid from zero years old to 18, and then I'll be able to move on and have my best life. And I really wanted moms to recognize that the way we think about motherhood is really the reason why so many of us feel like we can't live our best life while we got these kids. It's because we've we've gotten into this mindset that motherhood is meant to be a huge sacrifice that we're gaining nothing from. And the Brown Mama mindset says the exact opposite. It says that motherhood is the course. It says that you are constantly being gifted with opportunities to turn motherhood, your relationships, your life, whether that's your love life or your life with your friends into your own personal breeding ground for self-mastery. You just have to tap into it. You've got to tap into the opportunities that are being gifted you instead of viewing this as this huge sacrifice that you're going to make and not get it, get anything out of it. Moms always say that children are a blessing, but they never say why children are a blessing. Children are a blessing because they're constantly challenging you. They are challenging you to live as your higher self. They are challenging you like what we just talked about, learning how to build trust within a relationship with a person. Because oftentimes we don't view our, we don't view having our children as the ultimate relationship, right? This is a relationship that you are engaging in. You are having experiences. And as you are going through this, you should be growing. And that's what the brown mama mindset is. It's recognizing that motherhood is the course to living your best life. Well, I would agree with that. And I know that my children pushed me for greater things. I don't think without them, yes. I would be where I am today. So I give them all of the credit. Um, you know, when I first found out I was pregnant, I was very, very young. Um, I was, I found out I was pregnant at 17. I had already graduated high school, but I, we thought when I found out I was going into the Navy mm -hmm. and my idea of going into the Navy was that they were giving me a $5,000 bonus. So I was going to buy a motorcycle first before I went in and go across country. That's what I had in my head. Anyway, mm -hmm. I was going to do all by myself on a motorcycle at 17. <laughs> so I wanted to see the world. Thus I was joining the Navy. And, um, you know, I found out I was pregnant at the physical for the Navy. Wow. When they did the urine test. Yeah. Yeah, just threw me for a loop because I had no, I really, truly had no idea that I was pregnant. I thought I did everything possible to be responsible, but I did miss something. So um, when I found out I was having a baby, my whole life changed. Like it took me first, I was a little, I'm going to admit, I was a little depressed about it for the first three months. But yeah. you know what happens at three months? You get mm -hmm. the ultrasound and I cried. I cried so hard to ultrasound. I left there. I bought tons of parenting magazines ironically. I, <laughs> and then I um, started going shopping for the baby. And that pushed me to say, hey, I'm going to be the best mom I can be. So when I had her, by the time I had her, I was 18. And, uh, you know, people always have these stereotypes about young moms, but and I always look younger than what I was. So, um, you know, I if it wasn't for her, um, there's so many things in my life I, I would have missed or not done. And I wanted to strive for the best. I even opened my own daycare center in my house just so I could take care of them because yeah. I didn't like any of the daycare centers that were in the neighborhood. So listen, listen, I've got the brown, right? I got the mama, but how do I get this mindset? It's like a peace of mind too, isn't it? Like it's empowerment. 
So that's the whole thing about the mindset. Like you just said, when you first had your first baby, chapter one, which is my favorite chapter of the book, is called Time Race. So it's really about recognizing what happens the moment you give birth, right? For most Black women, what happens the moment we give birth, after all the gushy feelings have worn off, is that it's like a gunshot goes off on our heads. It's like you're standing at that yard line waiting to run the 50-meter race, and the gunshot goes off. It's like, pew, and we start running. And we never stop to think about our own well-being, which is why we view parenting the way we view it. So the mindset is all about taking the time. There was a line in the book says, it is okay to slow down. It is good to slow down. It is righteous to slow down. Because I know from the countless conversations that I've had with black mothers over the year is that years is that once that mom gives birth to that gives birth to that baby and she decides that she is going to accomplish for the sake of this child, it's almost like a mental a mental fusion happens where her life is now all of her self-worth is tied up in what she's able to accomplish supposedly for the sake of this child instead of being tied up in her internal value of herself. So getting the mindset is all about slowing down, recognizing your own thoughts, behaviors, emotions, intellect, and making sure that your life as a mother lines up with is in, a, is in alignment with what you really want for your life. One of the things my mother told me growing up, or she told me when I became an adult, is that my mother worked a lot and she worked full, a full-time job and overtime. So she wasn't home a lot. And one of the things she said to me, she said, Muffy, I wish somebody would have told me that y'all needed me more than I needed to provide for y'all. And I'm like, wow, that makes a huge difference because was that what she really wanted? Did she really want that gunshot to go off and spend her whole life trying to provide from us for us, not recognizing that we really just wanted her. We wanted her to be happy. We wanted her to be with us. We wanted opportunities to love on our mother. And there are so many black moms who are going through that right now. They are on that treadmill of life. They think that they're doing it for their kids and they're not. They're doing it because their self-worth is tied up in how, what they accomplish instead of taking the downtime to get that mindset by checking yourself. Like Sheree said on Real Housewives of Atlanta, who going to check you, boo? You got to check you. You have to have an internal you have to be available to your inner woman. And the only way to do that is to slow down and check yourself consistently. Make it a daily, hourly, moment by moment thing that you do, that you are asking yourself when behaviors are happening, when thoughts are coming in, when emotions are taking over, is this in alignment with my higher self? And so through the Brown Mama Mindset book, and we just talked about the workbook, which this is mm-hmm. my favorite part because it gives you an activity to do every step of the way. And this ain't like a journaling. I'm just going to open this up. This is not a journaling activity book. Oh, wow. or real activity. Like you are going to have activities to do to move Fantastic. you from emotion to emotion. 
Like that is what the brown mama mindset is. It's recognizing where you are. Where is your mind and your mental right now? And taking the time to step by step, remove the mentality that doesn't work for you and replace it with a mentality that allows you to enjoy motherhood. Because this is not, life is not supposed to be this experience that is downtrodding and constantly sacrificial in a way that does not work for you. When you are making sacrifices, you should be making sacrifices for the betterment of your children, yes, but for the good of you as a woman on the inside. So that's what the mindset is all about. It's about slowing down to remove the self-sabotaging behaviors that we have that will have us when our kid is 18, like, where did that time go and who the hell am I as a woman? Right. I, I think everything you said is spot on because the reason I started my daycare center when my kids were little, besides not finding one that I liked, was because I was trying to figure out how to balance being with them and still, you know, be able to provide for them. Because yeah. I didn't want to be on that treadmill where I'm constantly away from them. And I remember it happened right at the point of my second child, because my first child did have the luxury to have my mom help. But the second time I got pregnant, I was still nursing and she was six weeks old. And I had to leave her at a daycare center, not far from the job, but far enough where I had to get, take a car to get there and then feed her on my lunchtime and run back and eat while I'm nursing her so I can run back and finish work. And the daycare owner at the time was this nice, wonderful lady named Ms. Ziegler. I never forget her. I don't know if she's still around or not, but she helped me to start my first daycare center. And then I went on to school for early childhood education. You know, I did that at night while they were sleeping. And I had, it's likely I had people who keep them for me, my mom and, you know, my dad and, you know, some, and, and my uncles, all of them, they all were always there at the house. So they were always there to watch, make sure they, they, you know, stayed in bed and stuff like that. But I, I finished my, my education and I did all of this again to, to progress forward, mm-hmm. but I wanted to be with them during the day. So I made sure I had, um, basically it could have been accredited, but it was a, it started off as a family daycare and went on to a group daycare home. But I really, we went through to, we, I got a van, we did field trips with the kids. I ended up picking them up, dropping them off at the van, but I really enjoyed it so much. And I did it up into for a good five, six years until the kids, you know, we had a long waiting list because kids never left once they got in because it was one of the best centers in the area, you know, fully professional with cubbies and book corners, kitchen corners, all that kind of stuff. And um, once the, you know, the kids left for kindergarten, I decided I wasn't going to do it anymore because I wanted to move on from my life. My kids were, you know, going to school now, yeah. just about, you know. So, but anyway, I, I think, you know, you're right. It, if, is it worth it to, to get on that hamster wheel and just try to provide for your kids and miss them growing up? No, absolutely not. Because let me tell you something. This is what I learned. Kids will tell you about yourself when they're adults. They don't forget. They don't forget. They mm-hmm. will tell you, you remember this time when you're like, oh, what? I didn't. I did that? I didn't do that. Yes, you did. Oh, my God. And then other ones are chiming. Yes, you did. They do not forget. So, but they, mm-hmm. and another thing they don't forget are memories and moments that are special to them. So it's really mm-hmm. important to make those moments. I, I agree. Now, what about moms who, who are burnt out? Like, what do they need? I know you mentioned slowing down. What else do they need? What can they do? So the brown mama mindset is all, it's really for the burnt out mom. I say that the brown mama mindset book mm-hmm. and workbook are for moms in the dog days of motherhood. 
the dog days of motherhood when your kids activities are running you everywhere when you robbing peter to pay paul when you know you just feel like if i don't sit my behind down in two seconds i'm gonna fall over the book is really for those moms and one of the things that is a common thread out the book is systemic insecurity I always say that insecurity is almost the birthright of the black woman in our culture because we are born insecure, oftentimes being born into communities that do not culturally support us, oftentimes being born into households where fathers are missing, oftentimes being born also into communities that tell us off the bat, you ain't supposed to be no mother. So by the time we become a mother, we have kind of inherited this unprotected being way of being, of being constantly on the defense, of being constantly having to protect ourselves, of being constantly run amok. And so what ends up happening, how our moms get to this burnout is because we don't ever stop and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I need a shield here. How do mm -hmm. I build a shield to protect me from the fact that my baby's dead ain't ain't helping me here. How do I build a shield to protect me from the fact that I am living in a violent urban area? How do I put up protections for myself so that I can live this life and hopefully eventually move past it? And what the Brown Mama mindset is really doing for moms who are burnt out, it is, it is asking you to build that for yourself, whether that means finding your support group or creating it. Because that's what I had to do when I, I talk about it in my TED Talk. One of the things that happened for me was I was that single mom who was getting up every day by 5 a.m., who was living in the projects, trying to make it to school, running my baby across town, trying to get to daycare, school, and work. And then when I finally got the chance to get married, well, when I got married and I took a load off, I looked up and I was like, no wonder I was so miserable. I had no protection. So the first thing I did, actually, within five years of me getting married, I started Brown Mamas, which is our local support group in Pittsburgh for black moms. Because what I realized is that the reason we are so unprotected, it it's almost a yin and yang. We're unprotected because the protections aren't there, but we're also unprotected because we don't see the value of ourselves as women. And we don't recognize our divine right to be protected. And whether that is ensuring that the men in our community are being accountable for their actions, whether that is building the necessary cultural supports around us. I know too many black women who have their babies and the next day they go home or two or three days later they go home and there's no support for them. Why? Because we've all been there. So we've got to become, we've got to become the culture creators in our communities. We have to become the culture creators in our own lives. And the Brown Mama mindset is consistently giving you opportunities to recognize that. Whether you recognize that I don't have any control over my dad not being involved, involved or even my kid's dad not being involved, but my son is going to get up every day and take this garbage out. My son is going to do perimeter checks around my house. My son is going to be involved in his community because this isn't just about me. This is about building for the next generation of mothers who are coming up and are going to need those cultural supports. So really what the Brown Mama mindset is really asking from moms who are burnt out is to slow the hell down so that you can build for you. Because that's what that's that's what this is really all about. I feel like for black women, we 
this is, I feel like my generation in particular, millennials and older, older millennials are for the first time having the opportunity to say, why am I taking care of everybody else's babies and I'm not taking care of mine? And I feel like that is creating this ripple effect in our community where many moms are, are like, I got to sit down. I got to slow down. I have to figure out why is it that African-American women are the most educated women in our, in the world, in, in our nation right now. But still, that does not equate to economic and social progress in our communities. Like, how is that happening? How are we the most educated people in our nation, but our communities are not seeing the fruits of that? And it has a lot to do with us being thrown out on the front line to fend for everybody instead of accepting or not accepting, but creating the culture in our communities that will help us not to be burnt out. And we do that first by checking in internally, figuring out what we need, bringing our needs to the broader table of the community and asking other women, how do we get these needs together and create the cultural base from which we will be able to raise up children that can go out and create what we need so that our community can be cohesive and supportive for us? No, I think that that's amazing. What you're saying is, is so true. And you know what? And you have to be the best you can be so you can help your children. You know, it's that analogy with the get your oxygen first and then yes. you can help put the math on your children and help them to be great. But you can't help them to be great unless you're great first. So you need to get your oxygen so that you don't pass out and you can give them theirs. You understand? And then I saw this other quote today that made me think because, you know, it is just poignant to me. And it said, Self-care is about giving the world the best of you instead of what is left of you. So in order to be your best, you have to care for yourself um, and you can't give out to the rest of the world until you do that. Now, what I want to do is um, talk about your group a little bit. Um, You started that you were talking about the Brown Mama Mindset Group in Pittsburgh. What did you do to get it started and to grow it to where you are today? Because you have 5,000 people, right? Or more. 5,000 moms, right? That's amazing. So it really just, it started with me just recognizing what I needed. Like I said, I really just was like, I'm number one. I was, after I got married, it created a change in me where I became very serious about my family. Cause I really started to see the stark difference between the household I'd created as a single mother and the household I was able to create as a, as a married mother. And I said, you know, I need to get this information out. And I also need to find like-minded women who we can build community together. So the first thing I did was I just had a meeting in my living room. I called up some of my friends that I'd had. Actually, I had just moved back to Pittsburgh from New York. And so I called up all my old friends and I'm like, hey, would y'all be interested in just getting together every month to talk about being a mom, to just share stories and try to figure out how we can build more supportive communities for other moms? And so it started out as like, I want to say there was, it was between five and seven of us just in my living room. And then I started posting on social media about us meeting. And I did this thing called the hashtag good mama campaign, which was black moms telling, giving other moms advice on motherhood from a black mothering perspective, of course. And it took off like the first few, um, I started my website, brownmamas.com and the first few, uh, profiles that I posted, they were, they got shared, like they went viral. There was, there was like 10,000 shares on them. 
And so other people just started being like, oh, we want to meet up. We want to come. So and it was just like that. And I think that really what happened was that moms in Pittsburgh, there's, Pittsburgh has been in the news a lot because Pittsburgh is one of the worst cities for African-Americans in the United States. It is yeah. it is the city in terms of high poverty rates for African-Americans. Um, so I think that in my community in particular, the moms were just looking for something authentic. You know, Pittsburgh has a lot of programming for African-Americans to try to help us to get out of poverty. But the difference between what I do and what a lot of the programs do is it's authentic. This is not I'm not asking you to come here to help you to, um, you know, be a better person. This is really just about you having a space to vent, you having a space to get advice when you want it, not when it's unsolicited and you having a space to ask for support along this mothering journey. And so it really, to be honest, it was really, I felt, I feel like standing on the other side of it, it really didn't have a lot to do with me at all. It really had to do with the moms being hungry for social change and me just providing the communication opportunity as well as the platform for them to do it on. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much what it was. And, and that's what it still is. Pittsburgh Brown Mamas, we are, the crazy thing is we're a Facebook group and we've created, I mean, what we've created in the Pittsburgh region is just beyond, has gone beyond online. Um, but we just started out just a few of us meeting and having a Facebook group. And I know okay. a few wow. who've done that same thing in their cities. But I think black people in particular, black women, we're just ready for social change. Like we want to raise our kids and we don't want to be fearful. We're tired of being fearful. We're tired of being tired. And we just we want change for our kids because I just feel like out of out of all women, black women, we invest so much in our children, even when we're out there working nine to nine. We're mm -hmm. doing it for our kids. We are. <laughs> We are pouring our very lives. I always like to say my mother gave her life for me and she's still living. How do you mm -hmm. give your life for somebody and still live? And so I feel like black women at this point in history, we are we're ready for change. And I think it just takes somebody to say, hey, I'm ready for change and I'm going to stand with y'all no matter what y'all say the change needs to be. And that's all I did was like, I'm here. I'll support y'all. I got my own propaganda station, which is my website. And whatever y'all need, I'm going to help y'all get it. And I think we just need more women like that who are willing to stand up, you know, when it's when it's not necessarily the cool thing to do. And women who are also willing to stand with other women through the fire. Wow. So if you're in Pittsburgh... Look her up, Muffy Mendoza on Black Mamas. She'll tell you how to contact her at the end of the show. So we'll yeah. get into that a little bit. But oh, I think we have oh. an annual show that we put on every year called the Brown Mama Monologues, where we take 10 moms and we put them on stage to tell their unique stories around black mothering. Um, we've had a sold out show the last two years in the row of over 300 folks. And we are actually putting on our first show in the Washington, D.C. region in the DMV. Um, in 2020. So you can visit brownmamamonologues.com to find out more. If you're in Pittsburgh and you want to audition, you probably already heard me talk about it on my timeline 12 times. <laughs> um, but if you are in the D.C. region, please visit brownmamamonologues.com and check it out because um, we're going to be looking to check for that area too soon. 
Well, I, that, that's fantastic. I did see something about that in your on your website, and I was like, yeah. this is pretty awesome. You're doing a lot. Now, let's talk yeah. a little bit about cultivating community sure. and how other moms can really build their tribe. So you just started but with local friends and then on your website. Did you ever use like meetup.com or not? Or was it meetup.com or anything like that? Or yep. how do you, I mean, they just saw you on Facebook and then they just wanted to join. That's it? As I think simple it's as that. Out. You got to know your people, right? Like yeah. you got to know your people. You got to know how to talk to your people. You have to identify their pain points. And one thing I knew grew, growing up in Pittsburgh, just from my moms, just from living with my mom, was that nobody ever told my mom thank you. Like no one oh. ever said outside of me and my sisters, like you did a great job. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you. And I knew that moms were yearning for that. And so with the hashtag good mama campaign, that's basically what I did. Give us some advice and we're going to shower you with some love here because moms want to be loved and they want to be told your sacrifice has not been for not. So I would give the advice to other moms because there are, let me tell you, there are a lot of moms starting mom communities out here. If you are a mom who wants to, Anything you want me to read? You want to read that comment? Yeah, I'll read it when you're done. Because okay. we're looking, there people are looking now. And they're like, "Do you have anything in Phil- the Philadelphia region?" And this is Horace is probably asking for you know his wife, but you know anything in the Philadelphia region? Do you do you have groups that are starting to spread out? Are you starting to franchise this? What are you doing? So, like I said, we're going to be starting a DC chapter pretty soon. But if you want to start a chapter, you can go on brownmamas.com and you can click the start a chapter button. And leave me your information. I'll reach out to you. And we have built an infrastructure so that we can assist you in starting a chapter if you want to. So if you need some help getting your chapter off the ground, that's us. We may. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, let's talk about the book again, because we mentioned it briefly before. But tell the audience all about you showed the the, the workbooks. But what can they expect with the the main book? The main book was was the first one that you wrote, correct? Yeah. And then, then came the workbook. So let me yeah. put, put that up here. So, and let me do this so we can see it really well. So what, tell, tell us about what to expect with this when they read it. What are they going to get out of it? So the Brown Mama Mindset and the Mama Matt Workbook are twins. They go together. I wrote the book first and then I did the workbook afterwards, but they go together. Like each, at the end of each chapter, I call them invitations because I asked strongly believe that women in our feminine essence operate best when we operate in invitation and not force. Um, Even though I do think sometimes there is force, we must apply force because sometimes people only understand force. Um, But at the end of each chapter, you get an invitation to, to expound on what you've learned. I'm just going to read some of the um, chapter titles so you can get an idea of what it's all about. So chapter one is time race. Chapter two is nourished roots. Chapter three is stop losing your keys. Chapter four, accept your exceptionalism. And chapter five is joy reservoir. So the book is actually divided into three sections. You have a section on life, you have a section on home, and you have a section on love. And let me just tell y'all, because I've had people send me messages and they're like, Yo, your book gets you all the way together. So this is real homegirl talk. Like this is not a book with a whole bunch of um, footnotes and, you know, what are they called? Like I'm not quoting a whole bunch of other books. 
this is real life home girl talking that is what this book is about like these are the lessons that i've learned i actually wrote the introduction to my book six years ago after i had a whole adult tantrum <laughs> going through the squirrel hill tunnels near my house because i was pissed that my husband had lost his job for the third time that year and what i recognized was that i had a problem and i said how long have i been walking around with this problem and why ain't nobody told me that i have a problem? <laughs> and at the time i figured out that my problem was that I thought that I could be a wife and a mother with no training and that nobody was supposed to tell me how to do this. And I was supposed to do this just on the on the fly of my seat and figure it out as I go. But what I had recognized after doing a few years of research, because I did do research leading up to the book, is that our ancestors in particular have left us several handbooks on how to raise children. There is a strong tradition in African culture on how to raise children. And it's interesting when you go and read some of the books that are written by white parenting experts, they're always referencing the children of a couple of places, the children of Papua New Guinea. They're always referencing the children of Uganda. They're always referencing children. What's the name of the study? There was a study that was done back in the 50s by a white anthropologist, and he talks about how African children are some of the most respectful, well-rounded and content adults you will ever meet because their parents have recognized in essence that it is not their responsibility to coddle their children. It is their responsibility to guide their children and it is supremely their responsibility to live the best life that they can possibly live as adults. So the brown mama mindset really works from that reference point of recognizing that it doesn't matter how many private schools you send your kids to. It doesn't matter how many, you know, good friends they have. If you have not modeled for them how to be the best person that you can possibly be, that's emotionally, physically, intellectually, and spiritually, they don't have a working model. And so when they don't have a working model, that equates to no training. And so what we have to really recognize is that parenting requires training. And the brown mama mindset is step one on the journey to you becoming a parent who understands that you can't do this by the fly of your, the seat of, what do they call it? Um, the seat of your pants. You really got to you really got to take that time to check yourself and recognize, am I parenting my kids the way that I was parented or am I parenting my kids the way that they need to be parented? Am I checking for all of my dysfunction first and then utilizing my healing? as a way of not only healing, because we have to recognize as parents that if you haven't healed from something, you're passing those wounds off to your kids. You're not doing it on purpose. You love your children. You love your children to life, but you're doing it inadvertently just because this is what you're modeling for them. I mean, do you really have a choice but to model for your kids who you are? And if who you are is busted and broken and crying and exhausted, then, I mean, how much can you re do you really have to give? 
So the brown mama mindset is really asking you to check yourself. <laughs> I agree. And your children feel what you feel. People think yes. that. You know, I've heard people say, oh, she's one. She doesn't know. Yes, she does. She knew when she was in your belly. She, They mm-hmm. know. They can feel your feelings, that energy. They know when something's not right with mama. And if it continues and continues, so it's a toxic type of, of thing, then they, bec- they get that. And then they pass it on. And they grow up that way. And um, so you, what you give out is what you're going to get back with your children. So know that. It's, it's, and I, I talk about that in different scenarios. It's really, really important. You're going to have, and we can't be perfect all the time no. and neither can your child. So just keep that in mind too, when they're getting into trouble, because you can't be perfect every day. You're not going to be the, the mom that said, okay, I'm not going to cry today, or I'm not going to, that's not what we're saying. We're saying when it becomes that you're so burned out, that's all you are. You're like, you're the, just the negative person that can't get your head up, you know, um, or you're just too tired and you're snapping at the kids now. So, you know, this is when you need to take a step back and then see if you can get your mindset straight because you have to be the leader of your family a lot of times. Even though if you have a husband there, you're still leading the kids on days he's not there or days he's working or days he's out somewhere. And on the days you're working, he's doing the same thing. So you might want to help him get his mindset straight. Um, but let me ask you, let me, we're going to talk about where to get the book from in one minute. I want to ask you some words of encouragement that you can give moms as a first step in getting their minds uh, set right on the right track. Like what can they do? I know you saw, you did say slow down early, but what can they do as a first step? Um, should they go looking for a group? Like, what do you suggest? The first thing I would suggest is recognize and sis, your life is about you. It's not about nobody else. Mm-hmm. It's not about your baby's dad. It ain't about your husband. It's not about your kids. It's about you. Your life is about you. And I I know people want some real tangible advice, but the there is no more tangible advice than sit the hell down. Like, seriously. <laughs> sit down. I like that. Always tell <laughs> you women, go to sleep. <laughs> if sleep you, is underrated. Go to sleep. I always tell women, like, you're so busy trying to be booked and blessed that you can't eat. And you wake up every morning with buckshot red eyes. Stop. Go to sleep. Sit down. Go to YouTube and pull out one of them five-minute meditations and sit down and get clear with yourself. Because too often... I was listening to a talk on YouTube and he was talking about how so many people create out of ego. And then they wonder why 10 years later they get they they get to the end of what they created and they don't want to do it no more. They hate it. They don't like it no more. If you're constantly creating and then two years later, two months later, you you hate it. It's because you're creating out of ego. It's time for you to get in alignment And getting into alignment is not pretty. It's not. It's going to take some tears. Like I said, I was riding through a tunnel at five miles per hour having a whole adult tantrum. Like a whole adult tantrum. Like crying, (laughs) doing like this. Because I recognize, like, yo, you've been on this treadmill and you're exhausted. And it's your damn fault because you won't go sit down. You won't take a nap. You won't have several seats. So the best piece of advice I can give a mom, if you know in your soul that you go to night, go to bed every night and you burn out, have a seat. Stop posting on Facebook. 
Stop running to every event. Stop doing every. If your kid, look, what I tell my kids all the time, you got one activity every season. That's it. I'm not doing no more than that because I know more than that is going to exhaust me. And then I won't have anything left to give to you. Mm-hmm. So not only you have several seats, but make everybody and everything in your life have several seats. And it might take you 365 days of clearing to get yourself right. But wouldn't you rather manifest from a place of peace than to manifest from a place of brokenness? It's time for black women to get whole in these streets. Like be whole, be all of you. Stop negating your intellect for your emotions. Stop negating your thoughts for your physical. Make it all get into alignment. And at times things are going to get out of whack, even when you're in alignment. But it's up to you as a child of God, as a being who who has a divine right to wellness in this awesome universe. It is up to you to decide that I'm going to be whole. I am not going to allow other people, places, things, or my own thoughts, emotions, and behaviors. One thing my dad told me a long time ago, he said, every thought has weight, shape, color, sound. Every thought, every emotion has weight, shape, color, sound. So you need to, in the next moment, if you know that your very next behavior, emotion, thought is going to be one of negativity, you need to recognize how detrimental that is to your soul. This isn't just a the brown mama mindset is a parenting book, but it ain't. It's really a book about you getting real with you so that you can be a good mother. Because that was one of the first things I recognized doing brown mamas and meeting all the moms I get to meet on a daily, weekly basis. Too many black women are walking around broken and trying to fix and then got the nerve to be trying to fix other people. Like you can't fix nobody else than you broke. I always hear black women say, I say, well, what do you want to do? I want to help people. How are you going to help people in your neighborhood and you don't talk to your neighbor? How how are you going to help people get well and be a nurse and you 200 pounds overweight? Like, that's not real. That's not real. What you're doing is not, it's not real. It doesn't have real, it doesn't, it's not circular. It's linear. And what happens with stuff that's linear? You just keep running. You just keep running. You never stop running. There's never any real fruits of your labor. And that's happening because so many of us are broken and we won't admit it. Like I have to admit, it says in the Bible, you have to die to yourself every day. And that that's what dying to yourself is. It's recognizing, is what I'm doing real? Is it coming from a place that is so visceral inside of me, but that it can't help but get out? Or is it coming from my need to shove it back down, whatever it is. And for so many of us, what we are doing is coming from a need to just press it down as far as we can so that we don't have to feel it or be it or hear it anymore. So my words of encouragement is get free, like get whole and and don't let anybody convince you that what you want, your dreams and aspirations can't be done once you get whole. Because that's not true. Whatever God made for you is for you. Nobody else can do it the way you do it. Nobody else can have it the way you're going to have it. Nobody else can manifest it the way you're going to manifest it. So it's always going to be there. But what the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, wants more from us than anything. The purpose of life is to be happy and whole no matter what you're doing. 
So as a black woman, recognize the oppression you've been through, recognize that our mindsets are often broken, recognize that our physical bodies are often broken and fix it. Fix it by sitting the hell down. <laughs> well, we're way over time, but it was such a okay. great talk. I didn't I did not want to interrupt you. Such a great storyteller too. And your points are right on point. So I want our, our parents, they need it so much. So I don't mind. And, you know, it's not, you know, like we're on a news station where we have to go to commercial breaks and things like that. So I don't mind letting it go when it's really, really good. But I want you to tell people again how to get in contact. Well, not again, because I didn't let you do it earlier. But how to tell them, tell them how to get in contact with you and to find your book. So that's going to be really important. Let me put your book up so they can see it again. I'm going to get that up there. Thank you. There you so go. You can it, it's on brownmamas.com. You can find everything about me, the book, the monologues, everything is right on brownmamas.com. I'll put that up. That's there you simple. go. I try to keep That's things simple. <laughs> well, there you go. Brownmamas.com. So you yeah. guys can find the book there. You can find all her information there. I'm going to leave that up there. I'm going to put this so you can see. And uh, make sure you do contact her. We're going to close out the show, but I want to thank you, Muffy, for coming on our show. Thank you. You are great. And thank all of you for participating and listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the podcast talk show for parents. If you missed part of the show, absolutely no worries because you can just wait a few minutes and click play for the replay of this broadcast. It will be right back up there and share it with anyone who needs to hear it. And let's get the world to know about this and get the word out. Our next episode will be Friday. Next Friday is September 27th at 6 p.m. That's um, Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. And I will be interviewing Dr. Kimberly Underwood. She is the research chair from the University of Phoenix about the lack of black male teachers. You'll see the post on our Facebook page now. If you go to Black Parenting One, that's all you have to type in the search to come up or successful black parenting be sure to tag any friends in the post and be sure to hit get reminder button because, you know, we get busy in life and you want to forget. So hit that get reminder button and it will automatically remind you that the show is about to start and that'll be right on the post. Um, and you can tune in and, and your friends as well. Love to have a conversation with you. Like Horace, he asked a great question today um, for our guests. And you can ask questions live too in the chat on our Facebook comment section. And if your question gets picked, I'll put it up live on air. And one more thing, we need you guys to follow us. We need all the support we get can get. We're on Twitter. You can find us at Black Parenting One. You can also find us on Facebook. Um, and on Facebook, we're also at Black Parenting One. But on Instagram, we're different. We're Black Parenting Magazine on Instagram. Our website is, you see it at the bottom here, SuccessfulBlackParenting.com. And it's full of good content to help you thrive and not just survive. So be sure to rate our podcast. And until next time, take care of yourself because you never know when the world will need you. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. You can help us to level up by supporting this podcast. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm and search for Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting and then hit the button that actually says support this podcast. I want you to go there now. Go, 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 go. And thank you ahead of time. Thank you.
Thanks for tuning in to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. We'll see you soon.